Hey, true believers, do you love politics? Do you love comic books? Well, superhero politics is for you. Combines the comical nature of politics and the political nature of comic books. Join us, like, share, and experience the world of comics and politics in a way that you never have before. Superhero politics. And I'm your host, Michael Holmes. What's up, True Believers, and welcome to this episode of Superhero Politics. Um, This is kind of a bittersweet episode, and, you know, it took me a while to record this. Um, It's been a few weeks, uh, a couple of months since the passing, tragic passing of um, Chadwick Boseman. A.K.A. Thurgood Marshall, A.K.A. Jackie Robinson, A.K.A. Um, James Brown, A.K.A. Um, what he's probably most famous for, uh, the role of T'Challa, or as we know him in the comic world, Black Panther. He um, secretly battled uh, cancer for years, um, all the while putting, putting out some of the most iconic roles in, um, you know, black movie history. And, uh, we, unbeknownst to, to us in the, in the, just the regular world, um, you know, he was fighting this battle and ultimately, uh, succumbed to, to cancer at the age of 43 and so I've been kind of dealing with this for a minute and uh, just how I would approach this I recorded something a little while ago and um, I'm going to I'm gonna cut this in but I wanted to kind of re-record this intro because um, now I got my <laughs> I guess I got my head around this but um, you know this is a huge loss not just for the comic uh, community, but also the African American community, the arts community, the philanthropic community, the political arena. Um, this man's life kind of permeated uh, popular culture, and you know he was such an unassuming guy. Um, but it's amazing how someone who just seems such a like a normal person could ultimately find his way to such iconic roles. So um, as we get into this episode, and like I said, I'll, I'll, I'll splice in what I pre-recorded. Um, I just wanted to recognize uh, the life, the contribution, the legacy of. Chadwick Boseman aka our forever king T'Challa the Black Panther I want you guys to listen to something really quick Um, this is um, right before the premiere of Black Panther in 2018 Um, this is something that Chadwick Boseman shared about his experience about the effect that the this this coming film would have on on people 
uh, African Americans, uh, young people, and in particular, um, two young boys who were dealing with terminal cancer. Um, I want you guys to listen to this. Who um, recently passed uh, from cancer. And throughout our filming, I was communicating with them, um, knowing that they were both terminal. And and what they said to me is, is, and their parents said, they just, they're trying to hold on till this movie comes. Mm. And I, to a certain degree, you hear them say that and you're like, like, wow, that's, like I gotta get up and I gotta get up and go to the gym. I gotta get up and go to work. Um, you know, I gotta learn these lines. I gotta work on this accent. Uh, you know, seeing how devoted all of my castmates are, and knowing that 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 will be something meaningful to them. But it's to a certain degree, it's, it's a humbling experience because you're like, this can't mean that much to them, you know. But seeing how the world has taken this on seeing how the movement is how it's taken on a life of its own i realized that they anticipated something great and um i think back now to a kid and just you know uh waiting for christmas to come waiting for my birthday to come mm. uh, waiting for a toy that was going to that i was going to get a chance to experience or a video game i did live life waiting for those moments and so it put me back in the mind of being a kid just just to experience those two little boys um anticipation of this movie and when i found out that they take your time with it Yeah, it's it's it means a lot. You were just listening to the late Chadwick Boseman right before the premiere of Black Panther in 2018, talking about two children who were at the time dealing with terminal cancer. Um, those children were waiting for Black Panther to come out because. It was such um, a, a pivotal moment for them to see a black superhero on the screen portrayed by a real life superhero. And the emotion that you heard in this clip was um, Chadwick expressing his regret that those kids didn't make it to see the premiere. Um, they passed away before they had a chance to experience Black Panther on the screen. And he was overcome by emotion because of the significance of Black Panther in the lives of those kids. Now, as 
we mourn his passing, we know that at that time, that very moment, he himself was in a battle with cancer, with colon cancer. That even as he was facing his own battle, he was still living to provide joy and comfort to other people. A few days ago, Chadwick Bozeman passed away at the age of 43. And by any stretch of the imagination, it was an extraordinary life. As he uh, came on the scene, it was like he was on a mission to bring our heroes to life in a way that we've never seen them. Jackie Robinson, James Brown, Thurgood Marshall, T'Challa, some of the most seminal figures in the life of black Americans. And as we go into this episode, um, you know, I had planned to do an entire uh, episode on Black Panther and, and what Black Panther meant in the scope of American politics. And, you know, little did I know that, you know, at the time of uh, writing that, that we were going to lose we were going to lose the king. We were going to lose uh, King T'Challa. Um, and, uh, you know, as, you know, because this, this podcast surrounds uh, politics and, and its intersection with comic books and comic books and its intersection with politics, um, you know, I, I will casually uh, refer to uh Chadwick Boseman as T'Challa and and vice versa because he was the character in mind and body and spirit um, he was Black Panther he transformed himself physically into Black Panther he transformed himself emotionally into Black Panther so even from the first appearance in Civil War to the standalone blockbuster film um, that at the time set records uh, for superhero movies, uh, especially superhero movies with a black lead. Um, that is, as Robert Downey Jr., Iron Man, called the crowning achievement of Marvel. Now imagine the cornerstone of the Marvel Universe saying that Black Panther it's the crowning achievement of Marvel, of the MCU, of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Chadwick Boseman um, came along at a time where this this character had been searching for the right host. You know, the the the, the Black Panther is a is a mantle. It is 
uh, passed down from generation to generation. King T'Chaka passed it down to him, uh, to King T'Challa. And it's, it's a mantle so that the Black Panther is immortal in a sense that he will never die. Even if uh, one king passes away, the next king or queen um, steps in to the role. So the mantle lives forever. The, the host of the mantle um, may be mortal, but the mantle of Black Panther is immortal. So um, the idea that Black Panther was going to come to the screen had been around for, I don't know, 20 years. Uh, I know Wesley Snipes had previously tried to option this movie to get it to the screen. Uh, I think there was even loosely a script, but for some reason it never worked out. It just never came to pass. And um, I think, you know, no disrespect to Wesley Snipes. He, um, you know, he brought Blade, which is, you know, another um, black comic book character to the screen. He brought that to life with with some success. Um, But. You know, he had a problematic life off off the screen. I think Black Panther captured the imagination of America because the regal nature of the character finally, finally found a host that was equally of regal nature. And I fully believe that everything happens for a reason, that you know, you can tell this in comic books that the the universe is always planned. There's always a grand scheme of the universe. And I believe that this movie didn't happen until Chadwick Boseman was ready to assume the mantle of Black Panther. And we were blessed. Um, his portrayal was not only comic accurate, but it dovetailed into the life of a man who stood and fought battles on behalf of his people. Now, obviously, T'Challa, king of Wakanda, fought battles on behalf of his fictional country. But Chadwick Boseman stood up and fought the battles of politics of inclusion, of politics of, um, of equity, in the film community on behalf of black people. You know, he stood up and talked about the portrayal of, you know, African-American stereotypes when he was doing a a daytime soap opera. You know, he wanted um, to bring a humanizing reality to James Brown. Someone who, you know, if given the opportunity, could be made a caricature. Thurgood Marshall, Jackie Robinson. um, These are pillars of the black community in terms of their impact on society. And I just, I don't think it's a coincidence that this young man was chosen to, to play all those characters. Because I think in a lot of ways, he embodies the spirit of all of those great men. Um, 
the African American community is is reeling right now. Um, we've had some some losses here in the last couple of months. You know, it feels like it feels like in game. It feels like our heroes are being snapped away. We've lost the 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 late great John Lewis. We've lost the late great C.T. Vivian. We've lost Chadwick Boseman, and just yesterday we lost Coach John Thompson of Georgetown. Um, and it feels like in a time of social unrest, of time where um, African Americans are under siege, that our heroes are being taken away from us. But just like the Black Panther is a mantle to be passed on from generation to generation, so is leadership in the black community. So as our leaders go on to their great reward, it's time for us to stand up and represent them in a way that would make them proud. So um, we're going to dedicate this episode to Chadwick Bozeman, our hearts go out to his family, our hearts go out to his cinematic family, and our, our thoughts and prayers go out to the comic book community. Um, you know, this this podcast is called Superhero Politics, and you know, I had the idea to put this together because one, you know, I'm a self-professed out-of-the-closet comic book nerd. You know, in my lifetime, I've probably owned over 60,000 comic books. I've probably read, you know, as many titles as that exist. As You know, right now, I'm reading everything from, you know, Deceased in D.C. to, um, um, you know, you know the latest X-Men, Krakoa uh, saga, in, in in Marvel, you know I uh, seen every comic book adaptation of every movie, every comic book adaptation of every TV show from CW to uh, DC Universe to everything. I mean, it's always been a part of my life. The first book that I've ever read cover to cover was, you know, a Flash comic. I think when I was about six. But the one thing that made me want to blend these two genres together and people say, well, why would you even bother to do this? This doesn't even make sense. One of the first um, one of the first things that piqued my interest in politics was actually comic books. You know, reading X-Men, seeing the. Uh, allegories between the civil rights movements and mutant liberation seeing um, you know how little representation in in comic books there were of of, of people that looked like me you know watching the super friends and and seeing the the intricate steps that they took to have inclusion you know 
it was stereotypical in a way you know you had uh you know samurai the the asian character you had apache chief the the native american my guy black vulcan uh who looked like a radiovac battery and uh you know it was it was carefully uh crafted for inclusion and it was a, it was an effort um but you always felt like it was forced you always felt like it was um not understanding of who we were as a people and the reason why black panther was a game changer was because it finally kind of changed the narrative of the origin story of black heroes because you think about luke cage and um you know some of those uh, that emerged in the 60s and 70s you know it was very black exploitation ish you know it was very um you know jive time turkey um Um, you know, it was and it was easy to recognize that these characters were not written by by black people. That there was a, a lack of understanding of who African Americans were at the time. Um, you know, they were very, uh, you know, stereotypical of the, the kind of the seventies genre, sixty late sixties and seventies genre. The the talk, the the lingo it was. You know, it was very stereotypical. Um, so when you had the juxtaposition of, you know, Luke Cage, hero for hire, you know, um, you know, empowered, you know, street thug. I hate that word. Versus T'Challa, who was the king of his own nation. Not only was the king of his own nation. But it was a nation far advanced, even ahead of America. And so in T'Challa, you had someone who was bred to lead. He was as smart as Tony Stark. He was as strong as Captain America. He was able to defeat the Fantastic Four on his own. You know, he was wealthy beyond measure so it was a it was a very stark departure from what had been given to us before in terms of comic book heroes and if you look at the time where Black Panther came into being um, it was a time where much like today we were in you know, racial social unrest. 1967, you had the actual Black Panther Party, um, and Huey Newton, Stokely Carmichael, those who were fighting for Black liberation and fighting to teach African Americans about self love and self care and self defense. And here you have two white guys, Stan Lee leading the way on writing a black character that would be able to speak 
to the frustrations about not being seen by white America. So in 1966, Black Panther was born. And the funny thing is that 1967 was really the formation of the Black Panther Party. So, like I said earlier, the, both of these iterations of the Black Panther were, in a way, a medium for black people to feel inspired that they were better and greater than what society may have seen them as. They were fighting for liberation. They were fighting for recognition. They were fighting for inclusion and self-determination. Um, and Stanley and Jack Kirby, like I said, two white guys, uh, created this character and brought this character to life. And you really kind of have to give them kudos for that because um, the comic book world, much like the rest of society, was pretty segregated still. Like, I don't even think it was until um, Billy Graham in, I think, the, the late 60s was the first writer. And then I think Matt Baker was the first black artist in 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 comics. I mean, um, you know, as I'm recording this, uh, it's so wild that Google today is actually celebrating black cartoonists. And now as Black Panther is you know, a mainstream title. And even Luke Cage, who um, had a pretty successful run on Netflix, um, you know, for a couple of years now, um, both of those titles, the first, Billy Graham was the first African-American to, to work at Marvel and to, to, to draw both of those, those characters. So, you know, even as, um, we fought for representation in society. We were fighting for representation to bring characters that look like us to the screen in an accurate depiction. So, you know, Billy Graham was able to kind of capture the essence of black America during that day. And now, um, you know, we're, we're fortunate in society to have um, an opening uh, you know, led by you know Billy Graham and 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 Matt Baker and Jackie Orms and um, you know Christopher Priest and um, Ta-Nehisi Coates, Aaron Magruder, um, Dwayne McDuffie. Um, you know, we're we're getting black characters that are representative of who we are. I mean, now CW has Black Lightning, um, you know, in in the, you know, DC universe, um, you know, Doom Patrol, Cyborg is a, a regular character. 
Um, you look at how uh, Aquaman has been changed. Uh, you know, the ethnicity of Aquaman has been has been changed. Um, you know, in the new Matt Reeves Batman, we have um, Commissioner Gordon being played by uh, one of my favorite all-time actors. The great Jeffrey Wright is playing Commissioner Gordon um, in the new Batman movie. Um, Samuel Jackson took over as Nick Fury. Uh, we've we've seen the emergence of you know Miles Morales and in Into the Spider Verse. Um, Valkyrie. Uh, in 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 the latest Thor movie, um, played by the great Tessa Thompson, Idris Elba as Heimdall, Anthony Mackie, Falcon. Um, we've we've come a long way, but I don't think that. We start this journey of inclusion, um, of representation without Black Panther. I don't think it happens. I don't think that we get to this point. You know, Marshara Ali um, played obviously Cottonmouth in in um, Luke Cage, and now he's gonna take over for Wesley Snipes and Blade. I mean, the idea that, you know, African-Americans are now stepping into the roles of heroes. And I think that uh, Black Panther is kind of the progenitor of that. I mean, he's kind of the genesis of of that in in the comic era. Um, so now we move forward with out Chadwick Boseman in the lead of that character and it's going to be difficult to replace him if they decide to go that mantle go that way um I I certainly don't think that they should um one of the other big issues that we have in comics is um female heroes and as we know um you know Shuri Chala's younger sister has um, more than adequately taken on the mantle of Black Panther. So there's an opportunity here for Marvel to continue to lead in the sense of um, not only do you give an African American a chance to be the lead in a movie, but you give an African American woman a chance to be the lead in a movie. In a, in a comically accurate sense. Um, you know, <laughs> I remember when um, Halle Berry was Catwoman. Everybody was up in arms about that. I remember um, people were upset that on the TV show Titans, Starfire uh, was played by an African-American woman. You know, when, you know, 
uh, Nick Fury. And people forgot that quickly because Samuel L. Jackson was just so great. Um, every time there is, you know, and uh, a casting of a character that's traditionally white um, with someone of another ethnicity, there's always, you know, just this fury online by the masses of not being true to the to the to the comics, not being true to the character. You know, you know, and it it generally blows over. But um, as we get to a point to where the spirit of the character is not tied to the race of the character, then it will become more, I think, palatable to society just to look at the role. How does the actor portray the role? How does the actor prepare for the role? Um. Chadwick Boseman was T'Challa. He was. Pure and simple. He was T'Challa. In silence, that man continued to bring joy to the masses of people. Silently courageously and he did not burden other people with his struggle that is the essence of a king so the character of Black Panther opened the door for the representation of African Americans and and minorities in comic books today on the screen. But Chadwick Boseman set the example for all future uh, portrayals of diverse characters in comic books. So I am with a heavy heart um but optimistically looking forward to see how they honor his legacy going forward um these are monumental shoes to fill these are impossible shoes to fill but i firmly believe that his legacy will live on not only as the actor who brought to life this great character, but as the great man who lived his life philanthropically, who lived his life fighting for those less fortunate, who lived his life like a superhero. And while I certainly did not want to launch this podcast, with this episode there was no way that I couldn't launch this podcast without this episode this had to be the first one Um, Black Panther was so important to the realization and the intersection of the genre of politics and the genre of comics um 
And I hope that as we go forward on this podcast that you will, if you love comics but hate politics, that you'll get inspired by some of the allegories in that we will talk about in, in from the comic book uh, world. And, and if you love politics but not interested in comics, maybe it'll inspire you to pick up some of these titles that we're going to reference in see how these things line up and if you love both like i do then you know just sit back and enjoy so um you know we'll sign off with this it feels right now that our reality is under siege that uh we're we're faced with a mad titan bent on uh destroying everything that we have and hold dear um, but Chadwick Bozeman's last tweet was in support of his Howard uh, his fellow Howard graduate Kamala Harris who is the vice presidential nominee on the Democratic ticket and while it may feel like we are losing ground and our heroes are falling by the wayside and it feels like all all hope is lost we just have to remember the words of King T'Challa as he rallied the troops um, preparing to face Thanos' army in Infinity War Um, he stood there with the tribes of Wakanda united behind him And he led this simple chant. Ye Bombay. And that's translated into hold the line. It is up to us to hold the line as African Americans are being shot dead in the street we have to hold the line as our democracy is under siege we have to hold the line as we continue to fight for decency and justice we have to hold the line It is now time for us to be our own heroes, to stand up and ye Bombay, hold the line. What's going on, True Believers? Thank you for your continued and growing support. Uh, If you're enjoying the content that we're producing here on Superhero Politics, I ask that you subscribe anywhere that you can find podcasts. That means iTunes, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, 
uh, you can find us at Buzzsprout uh, and also on our social media at Superhero Politics on Twitter, at Superhero Politics on Facebook, Superhero Politics on Instagram, and Superhero Politics on TikTok. Um, like, share, join us. And if you would have any uh, topics that you would like to share or just questions that you would like to ask me, uh, you can send your emails to SuperheroPolitics at gmail.com and uh, we'll do an episode where we answer your questions thank you for your continued support and remember always speak truth to power